You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, good. I mean, as you guys know, we only get so much interaction with them as coaches, but but what we have seen has been good. Um, also talking to the quarterbacks and the DBs and, and the receivers. Um, he's also got a personality that I think comes in and meshes in our locker room really well. Uh, he's got a lot of humility, doesn't talk a whole lot. Obviously, he's from Pennsylvania. He's got friends on the team, so all those things I think also help, you know, with the adjustment. Um, tested well in our initial testing, um, and then you know, talking to the guys on the team, they they've been impressed with him out there. So I do think uh, this level of training, no knock to anybody else or other programs or other schools, I do think this is different for him. And I think in a lot of ways that's exciting because the lifting and the running is at a very different level. Um, And I think his body really has a chance to to explode and and develop uh, over the time that hopefully we have him. So, um, so far, so good. James, James, there's a few guys we didn't get a chance to see during spring ball. Um, Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson at tight end. Tyler Elsden, and then also Kaziah Izzo. Are you able to give any updated status as you're a couple months away from any of the practice field again? Yeah, they're all good to go. Um, you know, we had a, a decent number of surgeries right after the season ended. Um, so that's why we did it then. Obviously, they missed spring ball, but but now they're all back and, and ready to go. And you know, that's a lot of really good players and a ton of experience. Um, I mean, you think about how critical the tight ends were for us last year. So to not have those two guys, um, you know, for spring ball, in some ways, sometimes that's a blessing in disguise because now it it forces the other guys to get a ton of reps. Uh, But the other thing I've been trying to talk to the wideouts about as well is, you know, a lot of times the wideouts think they're just competing with the wideouts, right? Well, they're also competing with the second tight end. You know, you know, what gives us the best chance to win? Who should be on the field? Is it a 12 personnel? Is it 11 personnel? Um, so that's part of it too. But yeah, all those guys are back, uh, you know, fully doing workouts, and um, you know, should be should be ready for camp. I, I would also say, you know, I think our depth is better than it's ever been since we've been here. So. I, what I'm hoping is that you know we can play a lot of guys on offense, defense, and special teams to be as healthy in the fourth quarter and as healthy at the end of the season as possible. Um, you know, and, and then and then you know, kind of postseason too. So hopefully we can play a ton of guys uh, to help with that too. James, did you come out? Of, James, did you come out of spring ball with the QB one? And if not, what is the schedule for figuring out who is going to be that guy? It's been a while since we've had to ask you these questions. Yeah, I, I think, no, I think really every year it's it's the same philosophy. It, it's, I think sometimes it's assumed, which I get it, 
but it's competition at every single position. A lot of things can happen between now and the season. Uh, so even when Sean Clifford was here um, for 14 years and left at 32 years old, um, he was competing for the starting job every single year. And you know, if, if he would get beat out, that's that that would have been his his problem, not not mine. So you know, we have competition at every single position, every single year, returning starter or not. I think that's the right thing to do, not only for our entire program, but I also think for the starter. I was just doing an interview in there talking about having a running back room with Saquon Barkley and Miles. And I think at times there may have been some frustration with that, but I, I truly believe that that type of competition in college really set them up to be successful in the NFL, um, embracing that type of competition. Saquon always had somebody behind him trying to take take reps away from him, and, and Miles, as a young player, was was trying to, to overtake Saquon. So I think that is a healthy position to be in, um, and we want that in every room at every position. James, well, this year's Big Ten schedule coming out in a few hours. What are your thoughts on the um, reported uh, Flex Project uh, No Division uh, scheduling uh, that's been out there? So It's above my pay grade. That's a Pat question. That's a commissioner question. Um, I am excited and, and looking forward to, to getting prepared you know, this year for this season, for the schedule that we have. Uh, for West Virginia at our place to open the season. Those things are outside of my control and really right now out, outside of my concern. When we have meetings as head coaches and ADs, we state our opinions very similar to the opinions that, that I stated when I was in the SEC as a head coach as well. Um, and at that point, the commissioner's got to make a decision and move forward. It's the same way here. Um, for me to make the best decisions, I got to hear from the players, I got to hear from the staff, I got to hear from the coaches, but then ultimately I got to make the best decision that I think is for Penn State, uh, football specifically. So West Virginia, West Virginia, training camp, training camp, Manny versus Mike, Mike versus Manny. Uh, all that good stuff is, is really my focus. James, to follow up on Mark's question regarding the quarterbacks, um, you have spoken highly about Drew recently. Um, what do you see in him? What did you see from him this spring? Um, how good can he be? Yeah, so a, a couple things. Um, he's probably more of what we used to call the prototype in the NFL. That's changed. I mean, now there's there's guys that are five foot ten running around the NFL. Mobility has become a huge deal. Um, in the NFL, and that really wasn't the case in the past at that position. So he's more of kind of the old school prototype quarterback. You know, he's six foot five. He's 242 pounds. I took him out to dinner the other day. Uh, he tried to convince me that you know he's uh, leaner than he's ever been, even though he weighs more than he's ever been. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, is, in a, is in a really good place. And I think the things that stand out is now it's year two in the same system. Um, he's got a body type that's gonna allow him 
um, to either withstand some 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 hits. Um, but I also think he has the mobility and the size helps him sometimes step out of an arm tackle or a sack that a guy reaches out. He has the ability to do that. But I think the thing that probably stood out to me the most, everybody wants to talk about the arm and he makes some throws. Um, Joel Clad, I remember, uh, I think the first game of the year is Purdue. I think they had that game, right, Steve? Right. And Joel was standing there like drooling on the field, you know, <laughs> watching Drew. But um, the thing that I think probably stood out to me the most is when he got in the Purdue game as a true freshman, he just was like super poised. And you can do all the drills you want, throwing and, and uh, footwork and run game fundamentals and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's hard to teach that, the poise in the pocket. And he just seems to have that. There could be chaos all around him, and he just is efficient with his movement. Some guys move in the pocket more than they need to, and they, they actually move into problems. So it's just moving enough, keeping your eyes up when you do scramble. He showed some some so examples of that last year, we stepped up in the pocket and, and made a big throw uh, with pressure. Um, and he's able to make, make people defend the entire field because of his arm. Uh, most college defenses will give you something they have to. So most college defenses are going to give you the furthest flat. So say the ball's into the boundary they're going to try to make throwing into the boundary in the middle of the field difficult, but they're going to give you the, the furthest flat, the field flat, because um, most colleges can't make those types of throws, whether it's an out or a hitch or a hinge or whatever you want to call it. Um, he has the ability to make those throws and make you defend the 53 and a third, uh, which, which, is, which is really valuable. The other thing that happens with arm strength Everybody gets excited about arm strength, but you better have accuracy. But when you do have arm strength and accuracy, it creates opportunities for yards after the catch. Because if I'm running a route on you and I have separation from you, but the ball comes and it's kind of doesn't have a whole lot of pace on it. Now, while I'm going to catch the ball, you're closing the distance and now it's a catch tackle where if that ball can get to you fast, where you still have separation, it, it creates an opportunity for run after the catch. So there's a lot of things like that to be excited about. He's also good in the meeting room. I think Sean Clifford um, you know, really helped with that. Um, so there's a lot of things to, to be excited about, but we got to build on it and, and take the next step. Speaking of Sean Clifford, you guys see he had an unbelievable two-minute drive in practice. You guys That's see that? Say, yeah. James Chuck mentioned. Love it. Chuck mentioned yeah. Theo Johnson as someone that's stepping up from a leadership standpoint. How have you seen him take strides there? And obviously he was charged with two misdemeanors in the spring. Will there be any internal program punishments from that? So Theo Johnson and leadership and West Virginia, happy to talk about those things. Um, so, you know, obviously having him back as a player, there's a ton of value in that. Um, when you talk about leadership, it's very obvious to us right now as a staff and the players that it's really important 
for Theo to have a significant leadership role this year. You can see him trying to take on that role and being more vocal compared to how he's been in the past um, and how his teammates um, are receiving that information. The impact he's having on others. So, all those things have been great and valuable, and you know, we're happy to have him back. In terms, I think you guys know uh, for 10 years, um, we're going to have discipline in this program. We always have. Uh, that will continue, but, but just like in the past, I'm not going to get into the specifics and details of those things. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason or, or don't feel like those things are necessary. And then we're also uh, going to do the homework uh, on any type of incident that happens and find out what really happened. And then the penalty will, will align with that. Um, but I'm not, I'm not you know, ever going to be quick to react until we have all, all the information. You guys James, picked, you've said a healthy Penn State football is good for the athletic department. What does that mean? What does that look like in 2023? And, and how do you want to be one of the leading programs of this athletic department? Well, I, I think a healthy Penn State football is not just good for, for the athletic department. Um, it's good for this community. It's, it's good for this state hotels, the restaurants, the bars, we're all in this thing together, um, you know, in this community. And I think we know a lot of business comes um, from, from a, a healthy Penn State football program. Um, I think it's good for the Big Ten. Uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons why, why it's important. So uh, from an athletic department stuff, I'll, I'll let Pat you know, speak on those specifics and those things. Um, but for us, you know, we got a job to do, which is to put our players in the best position to be successful, uh, to get Penn State degrees, to represent, you know, this university and this community uh, the right way, um, and to go out on the field and, and compete at a very high level in what you could argue is the best division in college football. So, um, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. Uh, we don't really look at, look at it as, as pressure. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting and it's why you come to a place like Penn State. So, um, but, but specific to the athletic department, it's probably a question for Pat. James, so there's a lot of buzz about this program this year. What has to happen in preseason camp to meet your expectations for this team? Yeah, my expectations is to, to have great workouts this morning. We did. Uh, to go to class and have a great day in class, to go into the community and make great choices in the community, to have a great training camp, uh, to finish summer with the best GPA we've had, have a great training camp, get better, create more depth, get healthy, put us in the best position to beat West Virginia, be 1-0, let you guys go on TV or radio or the internet and talk about that and have good things to talk about. Um, and keep doing that each week and, and see where that leads us. Um, obviously, I do think there's some value in starting the season uh, ranked uh, highly. Um, it just, I think it, it makes it the path a little bit easier to get where you wanna go at the end of the season. But I think a good example of that you know, would be TCU last year. I don't think they were ranked 
you know, in the top 25 or something like that before the season and made the playoffs. I don't think we were ranked in the top 25 before the season and finished, uh, I think, number seven or somewhere like that. So all that stuff is good, creates a bunch of people to show up today. Um, again, it's good for the community, it's good for the state, it's good for our conference, it's, it's good for Penn State. Um, but at the end of the day, all that stuff really doesn't matter. And the guys in that locker room and in this building that are working the right way. Um, you know, we had a discussion, I think it was this morning actually. And to talk about all these things like goals and objectives that people have and expectations, it's great. We may do that one or two times a year, but what really matters is do our habits and our actions align with who we say we want to be and where we want to go? If not, it's just talk with nothing to really back it up. James, what can Andy. you tell us about Andy Frank and how he's adapted to the various changes in college football, especially as it pertains to recruiting? Andy Frank is the man. You know, uh, been with me for a long time, been, been with me for really my entire uh, head coaching career when I showed up at Vanderbilt he was on the staff there already uh, he's been very loyal to me been very loyal to Penn State uh, is a smart really smart guy I, you know sometimes I question that he's got an engineering degree from Princeton and he went into football um, but really smart um, he also does a very good job from a compliance standpoint knows the rules inside and out uh, just got back from Indianapolis with our compliance department to have kind of more of a practitioner there talking about kind of the game and, and what we're really, uh, what the real challenges are and what we're dealing with. Um, you know, everybody does it different. Some people have kind of guys like Andy that are leading the department that are front and center, the recruiters, and Andy's really not that. He's kind of more of a behind the scenes organization type guy. But Andy, after all these years, is like family to me. A um, lot of loyalty there, a lot of trust there, a lot of love and respect. Um, but he's done done a done a great job, and you know I'm glad you brought him up because he deserves he deserves more attention and, and more credit. You James, added, what went into the decision to create the position of director of high school relations, and can you talk about the hiring of Bob Polko? Yeah, so director of high school relations is, is a pretty common position. Um, it was kind of a position that I've kind of had on my wish list for a long time. And uh, obviously with, with Pat and Vinny, um, you know, I brought it up to them and what I was thinking. Pat's a guy that I, uh, excuse me, um, Coach Palco is a guy that I had identified, I've known for a long time through recruiting. But really, we started talking about this about four or five years ago, if he'd have any interest in, in moving into college. Um, then, obviously, when I had this conversation with Pat, and, and I didn't realize I'd, I reached out to Coach, and he had just retired, which in a lot of ways, that worked out perfect. In some ways, this is kind of a retirement job, you know, the way we have it structured and set up. Um, but you're talking about a guy that understands the game, most importantly, understands young men, um, and I think is another resource for them uh, and for our staff. Uh, he's won, I think, nine WPIL championships. 
two state championships, I think, was national coach of the year, was a part of the Army All-American game for 12 years, so he knows other high-profile coaches throughout the country. And, and for me, whenever I went into his high school, I liked going into his high school. He was organized, he was fun, he loved the kids, he had passion for the sport and for the game. And I'd leave out of there every time saying, God, if we ever had an opportunity, I'd love, to, I'd love to get that guy on our staff. And then I called him and um, it kind of moved fast. I called him and offered him the job and you know, he said he was coming. I said, you gotta talk to your wife. He said, no, we're coming, um, <laughs> which, which, is, which is what you want, you know? So um, pretty cool to have him in the building. Uh, I think it'll be a really good resource you know, for our players in a lot of different ways. You probably read the job description. There's a lot of other things that go into it as well. But most importantly, he's going to be a guy that's going to be around our players, you know, 18 hours a day. You added Ford and, Ford and Collins out of the transfer portal after string at defensive tackle and corner. What are your expectations for those guys this year? And then why were those positions important to you uh, to address? Yeah, so corner, as you know, uh, you know, we had gone to the transfer portal and, and got a young man, and then that young man ended up leaving. So, you know, finding another guy like that was important. We went back and watched his high school tape. He's a little bit different situation because he's got four years of eligibility, which is, which is unusual. Um, so we had to go back and watch his high school tape. We really liked his high school tape. Um, and then I'm not one of these guys. I'm not going into the portal and taking a guy without calling the previous school. It's amazing how many guys I see that happens with and they have, they have no idea. Um, so for us, I, I, I called Mississippi State, had a good conversation with their head coach there. Um, and he's come here and done well. You know, he's tested well, he's quick and he's fast and he's explosive. He needs to eat a few sandwiches, um, you know, but, but besides that, we've been impressed so far. Uh, and he's an awesome kid, loved him and his dad on the visit. So that's been a good fit for us. And, We'll see how that plays out, whether it's depth or whether it's starter or whether it's special teams. That, that's to be determined. That's up to him and what he does with the opportunity. Um, and then I just felt like we needed a little bit more depth at, at the tackle. Um, you know, again, those those positions, there's, there's a lot of physicality and contact. So having some guys with experience, you know, at those position and depth, being able to watch him on tape. Uh, against Virginia and against Virginia Tech um, and how he played against those opponents was helpful for us because we feel like that's got the best ability for us to kind of determine how how his skills will transfer at this level but then also obviously having Ricky Ronnie one of my former staff members uh, as the head coach there being able to call him and get feedback there as well uh, Varina High School, where Michael Robinson and KB on Keys are from, that, that helped too. Um, and another guy that um, has multiple years of eligibility is, is really a three for two guy. You know, so, um, so that helps too. But I think you know, for us, as you guys know, we'd like to build it with high school players, but when you can go out and solve some problems, whether it's starters or depth, with proven commodities from other colleges, that helps. We also like the guys that, that have multiple years because it gives them time to adjust to. James, James during the course of the spring, whenever we brought up receivers, the, you kept the list pretty short in the individuals you mentioned. I know Amari kind of shook that up in the blue-white game. 
Are you able to kind of share some progress within that position room now that you're a couple months removed from spring ball? Yeah, you know, um, I thought Omari, the way he ended spring ball, I think really helped. Um, I think that really helped us. Um, feeling like we had three guys that had done it in Beaver Stadium. Obviously, you got Malik Mega, who's played a ton of football here, and we're going to need him to continue to compete for one of those jobs. Malik McLean is a guy that was a lot of buzz, especially from you guys, about him coming in. Um, it's going to be interesting. He looked great this morning running and moving around. Um, I've heard great things about him. I noticed Caden Saunders, he kind of jumped out to me. Uh, Anthony Ivey is probably one of the more natural receivers that, that we have. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys I could mention. I know I probably missed some guys and some, some mom or, or guys going to be, be upset with me. But um, there's a number of guys that I think have the ability. Liam's a guy that I don't think gets talked enough about. Um, He's got a chance because he's got the intelligence and understanding the offense. He can play multiple positions. Um, so I think I think we came out of spring saying, okay, we feel good that we got two and a question mark on third. And then Omari came on. Um, but I think there's there's more guys that are going to be a part of this conversation um, after training camp. I think there's guys that are close enough to having a chance to help us win uh, in this conference, um, but they had to take a step and a significant step from the end of spring to the summer. But I think they're capable. Um, you know, we got a we got a bunch of guys that that you know are are capable. Caden Saunders this morning I thought looked really good. Um, so there's there's some guys that. Are going to have an opportunity to go, to go win a role and a significant role, but they got to go do it. They got to go do it. We don't make any promises around here. You get what you earn. You can help us beat West Virginia. You'll be on the field. Thanks, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One yeah. last question, James. Um, I know after or heading into spring, you've mentioned leadership being a point of emphasis. I know we're still two months away from the start of uh, preseason camp, but how do you feel that's fitting developed? Your thoughts on it right now? Yeah, I, again, I think it's going to look different than it did last year. But I think you know, the, someone brought up the question about Theo, and I think said that Chuck had mentioned that he's really doing a good job with, with leadership. Um, so it, it's just going to look different. I think we're going to have more voices doing it um, to get the same type of impact that we had from a small, experienced group uh, last year. Um, kind of go off on a different tangent, and then I'll shut up, Chris, I, I promise. Um, you know, probably the position I'm most excited about right now, um, for a lot of different reasons, is defensive tackle. Devon Elise is a guy I'm super proud of right now. He's always had the ability. He's as charismatic of a leader as, as we have. Um, but he is working at a level that he's never worked at before. And I'm really excited about him. Hakeem Beeman, I think, has got a chance to be one of the better D tackles in the country. But as you guys have heard me say before, some, some of our defensive tackles need to put some size on. Hakeem's bigger than he's been in a long time. 
And we got a chance to have, I think, one of the best D-lines in the country from a depth and a talent standpoint, but also a size standpoint. Zane Durant's bigger and stronger than he's been. Hakeem Beeman's bigger and stronger than he's been. Uh, Devon Elise is working in a way that I've never seen him work before. So right now, that's a position group that I'm really excited about. Um, that I think has a chance to take us to the next level on defense. And as you guys know, last year our biggest question mark coming to this coming to this season on defense was linebacker. And pretty much those guys are all back. So, so we got a chance. Um, you just gotta you just gotta back it up with the work right now. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it.